What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of God and Government. Um, I'm your host, Stuart Amadon. With me, as always, is the Brandon Neely, lead pastor for Christ Church of Acadiana. Glad Good to, to be here. Brandon. And today, mm. ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest in the studio with us. It's fun to say that, in the studio. In the studio. In the studio. We have a special guest with us, Fem Tra- I mean, Tim Frazier. <laughs> Tim Frazier coming in, being a part of uh, all the cool things. Tim, you attend uh, Christ Church. Do you saw? You lead worship there. I do. Wow. I do. That's he a- is not ashamed to call us brothers. <laughs> That's right. Well, to our 70 num- member uh, listener base. Yeah, if yeah. you guys break In like India. 500, I'm going to have to probably pop ask off. you to pull this. <laughs> <laughs> pull well, this out. We probably shouldn't tell you that we have broken 500 in India. In <laughs> India? Dang. Oh, yeah, we have, we have lots of listeners. Man, we're um, world famous at this point. So, mm-hmm. Tim, you're welcome. Thank for you. being brought along on this ride with us. I've always here. wanted to be a media superstar, so you, it's officially happened. Now's your chance here in this dank room in Opelousas. <laughs> now you, <laughs> now you are a media superstar. Good times, good times. So welcome to the show, Tim. Good times. We're talking about God and government today. We got a fun show. Mm-hmm. The qualifications, the biblical qualifications for political office. Ooh. And we should, so fun. We should get right out in front of this. This is exciting for me, because, like, you know, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, sometimes the marketing firm that we are part of helps run political campaigns, mm-hmm. and so it's a good thing to kind of weigh <laughs> in on a few of these options to know who to stay way the heck away from and who, you know, there you go. it's just okay to take their money. I like the way you put that. Yeah, way the heck away, mm-hmm. way the heck away. We had to make one of those decisions recently. We'll talk about that later on. I but like it. It's a, it's a good thing, I think. Um, and I think also we should probably get out in front of this and remind people to go back and listen to our other podcasts about the fact that, yes, the Bible does have a lot to say about politics and how it should be run. Absolutely. We are designing these podcasts with the intent that someone would binge listen, you know, upload it, subscribe, and just listen to all of the content. We can't say everything in one podcast, right? nor are we even trying to. But we can make the assertion... From all the other episodes that we've had so far, we can say, hey, um, the Bible does talk about politics and speaks about how it should be and should not be run. Absolutely. Each okay. podcast is a brick Ooh. that we stack Ooh. one upon another. And we are building up a fortress of truth. <laughs> and there's a cornerstone. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Wow, that was good. That, that was, was good. That was your that was first quick. Uh, entry. You just you just jumped in. It was good. It's been it's Keep been it coming, The man. wall's been knocked down. So how are we hopefully I, not the wall we were building. Oh, <laughs> dang! I mixed man. metaphors there Uh-oh, in the there worst way possible. I shouldn't have done that. So where are we where are we starting at today, Pastor B? Well, Pastor just, B, you know, we're starting. Pastor Bizzle, <clears throat> we're starting. Wow, no, save the jokes <laughs> for Tim. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, starting in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we're going to be reading through verse 7, 1 through 7, and drawing from that particular passage some of the must-haves for anyone who is to be a minister of Christ, that is, a deacon of civil service, Romans Mm. 13. Amen. These are the must-haves. These are the necessities. These are the essentials for someone who is to be accepted as a... Biblically proper political office. Okay. An elder at the gates. And uh, we have Tim here because we're going to say some things which um, many are not going to agree with us. And he's going to make it easier to, to uh, handle because he's <laughs> likable, nice, 
Everybody loves Tim. Everybody loves Everybody Tim. Loves Maybe Tim. not right. after this podcast. <laughs> you affiliate with who? <laughs> after this podcast, how poor Tim. You're going to be marked. Heart. They're still going to like you. They're just going to feel sorry for <laughs> you. Your right. sales numbers <laughs> may go down yeah, after well, this particular we episode. We won't uh, tag his boss or anything like that. <laughs> right. All right, here so we go. Second Samuel 23, verse 1. Pastor Stewart has the radio voice, so he will commence. Now, these are the last words of David, the oracle of David the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of God, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Amen. Amen. We can draw out some things from this. Okay, go. We don't need just this passage. I mean, we can use multiple passages to make this particular point, but we see here that God is the one who raises up those who would serve in political office. Right. He is the one who anoints or chooses. Mm -hmm. He calls them. Mm-hmm. As Christians, it's important to recognize that we have not only been called to salvation, but we also have a vocational call, mm. works that God has ordained for us to walk in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, we are his craftsmanship. Right. We are his work, and he wants to work through us in this world. One of the ways he governs this world is through his people, and one of the ways is through people called into civil service. They're actually called ministers by Paul, isn't that right? That's right. Romans chapter 13, they are deacons Mm -hmm. or ministers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they are ministers of Christ. You see, it's not just true that those serving in the church are ministers. But those in the civil sphere as well. Absolutely. Yeah. In the three institutions that God has directly established, the family, the church, and the state, he has ministers in each of those. Mm. You have parents, you have pastors and elders, and you have um, what we might call civil servants. Civil servants. A lot of different names for them. Okay. The governor. magistrate, the governor, the sheriff, yeah. etc. I got it. These three institutions have a hierarchy. They have particular individuals that God calls to serve in these particular institutions. Mm-hmm. There are other institutions and organizations that man makes, like a HOA. Right. Or a... Which is terrible, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about tyranny, let's talk about an HOA for a little while. HOA, wow. Well, as someone who once lived next to a cockfighter, HOAs (laughs) do have a place in this world. I forgot about that. (laughs) Literally fought roosters in your backyard. That's right. So uh, obviously not all HOAs are formed by God directly. They're formed by man indirectly, and they have a hierarchy, and certain people in the neighborhood are called to serve on those boards. That's fine. But there are three institutions directly established by God, family, church, state, There are hierarchies within those institutions. Mm -hmm. God establishes them. God anoints them. God raises them up. God calls them. Romans chapter 13, verses 4 and 6. Boom. And that means, therefore, that all magistrates, all civil servants, are accountable to God. Period. Full stop. Amen. That's important to think about. That's right. So there is no... Don't bring your religion into the things that we've got going over here in the government, son. Don't, Impossible. Don't bring your, your beliefs over here into, into the daily legislation. Impossible. That's, right. We are our beliefs. How we think, that's how we live. That's right. how we act. That's how we legislate. And ultimately, everyone who holds office will be judged by whether or not they wielded the sword in the way that God would have them do it. Justly, according to God's law. Right. Oh, Amen. That's it. It's done. Amen. Listen to Psalm 2. Psalm? Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. 
you can see as you continue to read all the way through Psalm 2 that the rulers of this world, the mm-hmm. kings and the magistrates, are directly responsible to uphold justice according to God's law. Right. They will be held accountable by the ultimate civil ruler, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ the King. Right. Amen. King of kings, Lord of lords, anointed and ascended on high, sitting at the right hand of the Father over all the earth. Amen. Amen. Done. Man, now how do you go into political office with, without taking that with you? As yeah. a Christian, if you serve in political office, what you believe is going to determine how you act, how you legislate, how you rule. That's right. And it should. We've, we've got this foolish uh, cultural indoctrination that we carry around with us, and we'll call it a lot of things. Probably maybe the most common one is the separation of church and state. And they say, no, 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 no religion is allowed to influence what we do in here, when that has actually derailed us pretty significantly. All that is doing is making safe space for the secular religion. Exactly. It's just another way of saying the state religion is secularism. We've got this thing in a bag, and so leave us be and let us do our thing. Yep. And as long as we have our peace or our affluence, Francis Schaeffer, Mm-hmm. Um, the Christians go along with it. You, you, you're fine. Well, as long as I can do what I want and you leave me alone, for the most part, we'll be okay with Well, that. we've learned in 2020, but that's not going to work out well for us. Correct. Christians must re-engage. They must take the land. It's our land. It's not the secularists. Mm. They, need to be, they need to be put to flight. Mm. And the Lord says he will never leave us nor forsake us, which is another way of saying he goes before us. He will defeat our enemies. He will make the way, but we must engage. Amen. So a lot of the reasons why we do this God and Government podcast is because we want people to go into political office. People like Tim Fraser. He's running for mayor of Brobridge, I heard. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? He didn't know this, but that's why we have him on the show. No, I haven't. Today marks the beginning of Tim's campaign. (laughs) (laughs) What a crappy way to launch. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even know he was launching. (laughs) Man, man. Well, well, let's go on to verse 2. All right. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. Ooh. Hmm. Easy conclusions to draw from that one. What conclusions must we draw then? Well, immediately, the Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. So the magistrate does what God wants him to do according to God's word. Amen. That's a Hebrew parallelism. It's uh, two ways of saying the same thing. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. Mm -hmm. God rules through me. Mm -hmm. And his word is on my tongue. He rules over this world by his word. He created the world by his word. Mm-hmm. He sustains and rules over the world by his word. Mm-hmm. And his word passes through his civil magistrates, mm-hmm. his rulers, through their mouths. And that means the ruler's authority, the ruler's um, actions are all to be guided by the word of God, the Bible. Amen. You can see how this could, um, this is actually completely backwards today, mm-hmm. where whatever the magistrate says is basically treated like the words of God. I think it wasn't it just recently that Joe Biden said, hey, uh, any company over 100 employees must have a mandatory vaccine. Wasn't that just recently? Yeah, he recently ruled that upon uh, on high. That and was, then his media prophets and priests went out to declare it. But that wasn't a law. No. There was nothing passed by Congress. No. It wasn't even written as an executive order. It was a press it release. It had literally no authority whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And still people are... Obey. Yeah, our it's the weirdest scurries. thing. Our nation scurries to obey. Send us our, our manna from on high. Send us our stimmies. Mm. We will comply. We will comply. Right. Right. It's such a weird... Uh, such no, a they have time. no authority unless it is built on the Word of God. Period. Full That's stop. why they put their hands on the Bible and swear an oath to it. Amen. Amen. And this also means by deduction that they are limited to Ooh. what the Bible says. Yep. 
The Bible lays out their job. It lays out what they're responsible to do. They are to punish evildoers. They are to approve what is good. They're not to run around trying to save the world. They're not the Messiah. Amen. Amen. They are to be limited. Their authority is delegated. It can be taken from them. They are not absolute rulers. They must submit to God's law and be held accountable to it. Mm. And their particular functions are specified. Mm. And in our own nation, their functions are specified by the Constitution. Right. And by all the various laws that, that we've launched. Yeah, Does we that still, still exist? Do. do we have a Constitution? Yes, but when a nation throws off God and throws off truth, what is the definition of is? Mm. They, mm. They've got the Constitution and the Bible on the same shelf. Yeah. Long, far, far away in a museum somewhere. Mm. Yeah, a nation that rejects the Bible cannot uphold a constitution. Right. The very idea of constitutions comes from the Bible. It comes from the establishment of the monarchy when God wrote a constitution, put it in the Ark of the Covenant, and told the king by Samuel he must abide by it. Mm. The whole very idea of a covenantal monarchy or a covenantal representative republic comes from the Bible. That's right. You throw that off, the whole the idea of checks and balances comes Bible. from the Bible. Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we can't do this any other way, guys. Amen. You can't allow a neutral space because then, like you were saying earlier, the seculars just come in and take it. That's right. Bit by bit, over time, which is exactly what we've seen happen. Amen. Verse 3, and we'll let... Um, uh, no, we're, we're going to save verse 4 for Tim. Okay. Um, but uh, let's let's let uh, verse 3, we'll continue going for this. All right, here we go. Jump in here anytime you want, Tim, uh, with uh, some uh, words of wisdom as a... A political uh, activist, activist, and uh, <laughs> someone ambitious to hold political office. That's in. right. That's right. right. <laughs> the God of Israel has spoken. The Rock of Israel has said to me, "When one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God." Mm. What does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things obvious, but I don't want to take all the, all the, all the reveals. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. I'm also looking at the show notes, so I can kind of cheat a little bit. <laughs> It's a, yeah, I don't want to cheat too much. What we see right here, if they're going to rule over men, they must rule in the fear of God. Now, let's just let everyone understand our hermeneutic, okay? When we read the Bible, we read the words, mm -hmm. and we deduce from them how we should live and right. how we should order our government. Right, right. It says, when one rules justly over men pertaining to the king and to the civil realm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We take that to mean, at all times in this world, mm -hmm. when someone is ruling, judging over men, right right there in verse 3, that they are to then rule in the fear of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You see that right there? Yep, yep. That means that they need to be a Christian. Amen. They need to profess Christ. Amen. They need to publicly submit to his kingship. Right. They need to name his name. And not not a brand new Christian necessarily either. Not somebody who just walked in and maybe has no clue what the Bible really says. Well, and that's true. The Bible says in other places that you don't want to give novices, you know, a, a big uh, responsibility. They right. may get puffed up in pride. You want people who've been tested and they've shown that they can manage their own household well. Right. You know, that's why that's when right. civil magistrates are appointed in the Bible, the uh, elders are appointed. Right. Older, time-tested, uh, faithful men. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the sort of men you want, but it's very plain here. When one rules justly over men, they're to rule in the fear of God. Amen. We take that literally. Mm -hmm. We think that that applies to everywhere in every nation where men rule. Mm -hmm. If you want to, uh, to change the scope of this, if you want to say that this doesn't apply to all nations or it doesn't apply to our government, mm -hmm. well, then that's on you. 
But we believe this applies. Wherever men rule, they should rule in the fear of God. Amen. And that means, basically, they should be a Christian. Psalm 2, tell the kings of this earth to kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Mm -hmm. Submit to him, trust him. Mm -hmm. They should mm -hmm. be Christians. Amen. Amen. They should be familiar with the Bible. Yep. Right? How, how are you going to rule if you don't know the Word of God? Right. If, your word is, if His Word is to be on your tongue, how are you going to be able to rule? If, if you don't you, know if, it, that's yeah, right. If you, don't, if you don't know the Bible, how are you going to rule in the fear of God? Ruling in the fear of God is just another way of saying ruling according to His Word. Right. And just right. ruling justly in general. Amen. You're not going to have any concept of what just ruling is. What the heck is even justice? Yeah, uh, that's social right. justice, that's what it is. Mm. Justice is whatever we say it is at a given point Justice in means that a, a man with mental illness who thinks he's a woman should be able to go, able to go into a woman's bathroom or a woman's locker room. That's justice. That's his rights. Speak your truth, yeah. That's exactly right. See, when mm. you reject the mm -hmm. biblical definition of justice, you are left to embrace a worldly definition of justice, which will almost certainly be turned upside down. Which, in best case scenario, is pure democracy, meaning like pure majority rule. Sometimes, yeah. Whatever the majority thinks. And the majority is influenced by the elites. The yeah. elites come in, set the tone and the pace and the direction that we should say. The, the prophets of the state religion. Then the, Absolutely. The, the culture as a whole says, that's right, that's good. This is exactly how Hitler got a hold of Germany. Like, the elites got a certain way, the, mi the mindset of the people in general was swayed, and boom. One day, something crazy, like a million Jews died. Yeah. It was wild. It was wild. Got to be a Christian, got to be familiar with the Bible, must rule justly, must be committed to justice. Amen. Amen. Right. Deuteronomy 16, verses 18 through 20, says the very same thing. They need to be ruling justly according to God's law. Mm. And we must note that if you throw out the Old Testament, if you throw out the civil laws of the Old Testament, and you make um, antinomian statements that they no longer apply, then you will not have the Word of God to rule justly with. Mm. You will be forced to adopt some other economic philosophies or some other um, political philosophies. Mm -hmm. You will be um, then uh, required to take on uh, right enlightenment theory mm -hmm. or left enlightenment theory mm -hmm. or some other form of humanistic philosophy, political philosophy. Mm -hmm. But if you hold to the scriptures and you hold to where the Bible teaches us about justice in the civil realms, which is the Old Testament, right. then you have a standard by which to judge and to rule. Amen. Amos, the book of Amos is a perfect example. Chapters 1 and 2, read them carefully and see why God judges the pagan nations, because they are transgressing his law. What were they doing? They were engaged in um, aggressive warfare, in overharsh treatment of foreigners, mm -hmm. of kidnapping and slave trading. Mm -hmm. He was enforcing his law against pagan nations. Mm -hmm. They were engaged in inflation and in hypertaxation of the poor. Mm -hmm. All of the many things that our nation does the nations of the Moabites and the Edomites and the Ammonites of Amos chapter 1 and 2 were doing the very same thing. Mm -hmm. God judged them. He, he brought down negative covenantal sanctions against them, curses mm -hmm. against them, mm -hmm. for transgressing his covenant. They did not have the same relationship that Israel had with God. Mm -hmm. Israel was a special situation and a special relationship, but God holds nations responsible. Amen. He is in some form of covenant with nations and expects them to keep his law, or he will punish them. Mm. So we, even as a nation, not Israel, need to look to that law and see what he would have us to do, lest we incur his negative sanctions, his right. curses. Right. There is nothing in the New Testament that ever once states that that no longer applies. 
God is the same today, <laughs> yesterday, and forever. In fact, it explicitly says the opposite of that. It explicitly says, now Jesus is running this thing. <laughs> right. A man, mm-hmm. a God, the God-man, mm-hmm. at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So they must rule in the fear of God. They must be committed to justice. And they need to see the nation's rock is God. Amen. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me. So the farther down this list of qualifications, do we have anybody like this? Is there is there one somewhere? Maybe in some local uh, places, yeah, local counties, local parishes. But um, nationally, not that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. most have embraced the, re- the state religion of secularism. Mm. Most have embraced the, uh, the false um, teaching that the Bible is not to be taken authoritatively into the civil realm, mm-hmm. especially not the Old Testament. All of them. I'm literally like running my head through lists of potential politicians, local, state, federal. I can't, I'm trying to find somebody. Is there one? It's almost like if Christians you know of need one, to get engaged. If you know of one, please submit it. <laughs> <laughs> Send it They're out the there. Email. They're out there. I promise you. <laughs> and uh, I hope that our church can, over the generations, raise up some some men and women who are competent, able to judge, who mm. are wise and just and mature. Amen. Who can do this? Future Tim Frazier's. <laughs> exactly. Well, but the problem too is you have a lot of Christians who are dying on hills, secular hills that they don't even know they're on. Because no one's even taught them. Because secularism has so infiltrated their worldview and and education and system that it's just they don't even realize they're wrong. Amen. Like what hills, Tim? What what's 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 in your brain? Oh, I mean, I I wasn't thinking of any specific hill. Um, oh, okay, okay. But you're trying to out him in public, huh? No, no. I was just I was just wondering. I was just curious. I wanted to see. Uh, yeah. Well, see where when we were. the I'll, let me rephrase what I, I believe Tim is saying. When the church abdicates its responsibilities as ministers of Christ in the civil realm. Mm, yes. And refuses to teach the law of God as it pertains to the civil realm. Yes. Now, not only are we not engaged in civil service, we're not ministering the word to those who are in civil service. That's right. That's and so right. we are left with, you know, anarchy. We are left with each man doing what is right in the eyes of the prophets of the television. Mm-hmm. Instead, we need to be engaging as, as Christians. Amen. And this is Amen. not just about um, being a politician. What Tim is saying is that when it comes to political philosophy and economic philosophy and, and things of that nature, Christians have adopted secular viewpoints mm-hmm. because their pastors aren't doing battle against those uh, evil doctrines. Right, right. The pastors need yes. to be teaching how capitalism is not perfect, but it does hold some biblical principles as it pertains to free economic theory. Mm-hmm. Pastors need to be teaching that when the Bible talks about economics, it talks about equal weights and measures. Mm-hmm. It rebukes heavy taxation. Mm-hmm. It rebukes statism. Mm-hmm. It rebukes um, uh, the inflation of currency so that the rich can get rich and the poor can get poorer. Mm-hmm. It rebukes so much of what we have right. in our nation. The Bible teaches that. Christians need to understand these things. Mm-hmm. So they need to understand, Amen. for example, that while capitalism is not perfect and it can be perverted, it does maintain some biblical principles of free economic policies. Mm -hmm. However, socialism is intrinsically evil. Right. It cannot be perverted. It is perverse. Mm. It doesn't doesn't potentially pervert those people who believe in it. Mm. It absolutely, by necessity, perverts those people and those nations that hold to it. Right. Because it is founded in theft. 
So you see right there, we're applying the Bible to a political philosophy like socialism, teaching our people it is intrinsically evil. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. cannot be syncretized with the Christian faith. It cannot be toyed around with. Mm -hmm. It must be um, beaten. Mm -hmm. So as we teach that, they they then can look to the Bible and say, well, what does the Bible have to say about how to build a just society, Mm -hmm. how to build a just economic system? But if we don't teach these things, they're just going to swallow what they hear on Joe Rogan or on Don Lemon, Mm. Mm -hmm. which is precisely what's happening, unfortunately. Yes. Verse 4. He dawns on them. Tim, you got this one? He dawns on them like the morning light. Amen. Like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. Wow. A man who rules justly. In the fear of the Lord. What's he like? He's like the morning light. That feels mm. good. Mm. Mm. I love having big windows in my bedroom, waking up slow, <laughs> seeing that morning light come in. Mm. Another so- day. Sounds very relaxing. His mm. mercies are new every morning. Mm. And we've got a just ruler ruling over us. We're safe Amen. from our enemies. Amen. We're protected from our, our uh, foreign threats. Mm-hmm. He's not stealing from us and inflating our currencies so that we lose our savings. Mm-hmm. He's standing up for us because he's just and he's ruling in the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning. Man, that feels good. It does. Wouldn't it be nice to have rulers like that? It would be. Let's get them. Well, we need to repent first. All right. But what this does show us, I, I think, by implication... Hold on, drum roll. This one's going to be exciting. You see what it shows us there? <laughs> that a ruler must be a man. Dang. Mm. Oh, just there goes hit. our repentance. <laughs> Forget if, about it. For, this, we're out. We're if out. If this microphone was not on a boom stand, I would drop it. <laughs> no. You see, this is our problem. Right, right. People have been listening all along, and they love this. That's right. Let's go to the Bible to see what it has to say. Well, the Bible says that civil magistrates, like elders in a church, Mm. are to be men. Mm. And this is not just pulled in this verse. There's tons of passages for it. Let's look them up. Do it. Anybody got a Bible? We can look them up real quick. I don't bring Bible to work. That's uh, mixing two spheres. Exodus 18, verse 21. You don't think so. Exodus 18, verse 21. I'll look look up uh, Isaiah 3.12. Let's just dig in here. Let's dig in here. This is good radio right here. Exodus 18, 21. Make sure you read it in like a holy version, you know, not like Exodus 18, 21. That's right, Tim. While he's pulling that up, I got Isaiah 3, 12. My people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Oh, my people, your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Hmm. The Bible talks about a nation being ruled over by infants and women as a sign that they are under judgment. Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll leave mm-hmm. it at that. Mm-hmm. Tim, mm-hmm. you got one for us? Exodus eighteen twenty-one. I sure do. Um, it says, Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Able men. Or- that is a perfect example of when Israel established their civil leaders... It gives us the qualifications. We can emulate that. We must emulate that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know many men. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know many men, in, uh, at least in leadership in uh, Acadiana, who hate a bribe. 
<laughs> Uh-oh. That's not those are campaign contributions. <laughs> Come on, Tim. How about Deuteronomy 113? All right, I got Choose you. Choose for your tribes wise, understanding and experienced men, and I will appoint them as your heads. Mm. It's interesting. Look at that right there though. Choose for your tribes these people and I will appoint them. Who's going to appoint them? That's how it works. Come on, bro. Let's roll. That's what, well, that shows us the principle of elections. Mm-hmm. That, and it, it shows us the principle of holding an election, mm-hmm. um, offering up those people, and God will anoint them or not. That's Amen. exactly right. That's where we get that particular principle from. Amen. But I thought we got to choose who was in office. Yeah, not ultimately. Not ultimately. So you see, here's the thing. It's so hard to embrace this truth because we don't trust God and we don't trust his word. Yeah. But it teaches us clearly that elders in a church and elders in, a, in the civil magistrates are to be men. Amen. That's exactly what it teaches. And it's because the, the civil realm and the church are to be comprised of households ruled by heads of households who are men. You're such a misogynist. It's showing us how to order a just society. If we're going to trust God, we've got to trust him all the way. Mm. We've got to trust him all the way. Well, mm. let's move on. Verse 5. For does not my house stand so with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire. He's talking about the everlasting covenant. Mm. We don't have time to get into all of that, but it's another way of saying the gospel of grace. Mm. Mm. The ruler needs to be ruling in the fear of the Lord according to God's standards of justice as communicated in the law. And he must constantly have the gospel of Jesus Christ ready in his heart. Mm. That's the only way to go forth. Mm. Amen. But then Amen. what's the contrast? Verse 6 says, but worthless men. You see the contrast? Yep. We have yep. the men we should choose for political office, mm-hmm. and then he contrasts and he says, but worthless men. What are worthless men? It's men that don't meet, don't meet these qualifications. Right, right. They're like thorns that are thrown away. They should be rejected. Mm. You don't put those in the uh, grain barrel. Mm-hmm. You don't put those in your uh, kneading bowl. Those are the thorns. Right. right, right. The thorns are to be discarded, cut off of the plant, and thrown into the fire. They're to mm. be, simply put, rejected. Mm. You don't raise up to power... Worthless men who don't meet these particular qualifications. That's right. Yet what does our nation do? Our nation does the exact opposite. Mm. We have elevated the thorns. Elevated the thorns. We're ruled over by thorns. Mm. Ruled over by those who God would reject. Mm -hmm. For Mm. they cannot be taken with the hand. They're worthless men. But the man who touches them, what do you see the thing there? If you don't reject these worthless thorns, Mm -hmm. and you take them by the hand, and you grab them up in your hand, and you embrace them, and you exalt them, and and you elect them, the man who touches them arms himself with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they are utterly consumed with fire. There it is. These are the must-haves. Mm. These are the absolute essentials of who we should choose for political office. If we want to take up worthless men, we will be consumed. Mm. We will be like taking up thorns by the hand. Mm. It will not be like that morning light that breaks in through the clouds. It feels good. It will be like grabbing hold of a branch of thorns. Mm. Doesn't that sound familiar? It does. So here's a question. Yeah. Um, What what if those candidates and those options just are not available? If there's not a single Christian to rule in the land? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a story in Genesis that would probably uh, be a good... um, illustration of what happens when there's not a single righteous man who mm-hmm. will step up to the plate. But I do believe in our nation there are many, many people who do fit these qualifications. But we as a people must repent and refuse to continue exalting worthless men 
and learn to exalt these people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, these aren't the only qualifications in Scripture for a political leader. There's a lot more. These are the essentials. Right. This is where we start. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd rather have someone that meets these qualifications who has no experience in office. Mm. I'd rather have someone who meets these qualifications because the Lord will be on his side. Amen. Even if he doesn't have, you know, that political uh, experience. But he can't get that grant money, though, Brandon. Like, man, we're not going to be able to get that federal grant money because he doesn't know what he's doing. I know. That's too bad. (laughs) That's too bad. It's kind of a sobering thing, though, isn't it? Mm. That's what I'm saying. As we go through and read this, this, the basic list, I'm looking around like... Where? Where? Where are they? The people of God need to pray. We need to be the priests of this land and offer up this land to God Mm -hmm. that he might raise up some Gideons, Mm -hmm. that he might raise up some some righteous men. Amen. Until then, until the church of God gets engaged, judges, judges itself first, turns and cries out to him, we will continue to be ruled over by thorny, worthless men, by children, by infants. Oh, All right, yeah. guys. Thank you again so much for joining us for another episode of God and Government. You can find all of our podcasts anywhere that you find podcasts. Look them up on um, Deezer, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, all those different places. Household and Homestead, God and Government, um, and many, many more things being produced out of Christ Church media here. Um, Thank you guys again so much for joining us. Please rate and review us, share us with your friends, and we will see y'all next time.